This episode is brought to you by Porgs. Porgs. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> nothing a little music can't have. Rockin', rockin' and rollin'. Down to the beach I'm strollin'. But the seagulls poking my head. Not fun. I said seagulls. Mm, stop it now. Now listen to the firepower of this fully armed and operational podcast. Talk at will, Commander. Welcome back to Voice of the Rebellion. We exist. We exist. We made it. We survived. I'm Mark. I'm Gabe. We have a very special guest today, Matt. Hi, everyone. I'm Matt McKinney. And he is here to help us uh, talk our way through the main topic, which is a big one this week. Yeah. Um, I don't think anything interesting happened this week at all. Yeah, it was kind of boring. Yeah. So... Uh, but first, I want to apologize for how long it's been. Um, I had a baby. So yes. That, that complicated schedules. And then Mark had to go and leave Spokane. For two months, yeah. Yeah. So it's, we weren't neglecting you guys. We just, mm-hmm. we had things to do. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, but we're back now. Yeah. So, all right, let's get into the news. Put me down. I love to groove and boogie. is cover up the biggest news topics that we missed while we're gone um one they finally decided that jj abrams is going to be doing episode nine because the previous director dropped out due to creative differences yes so here's the thing is that people have been freaking out because they've basically been going around and firing directors left and right from star wars but i trust kathleen kennedy more than anybody else and so if Kathleen Kennedy says that people need to be fired because they're not making Star Wars the way that she thinks Star Wars should be made, then yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> she, I, has, she has the final say on, yeah. on that. She's, yeah. No, when you listen to what she has to say about Star Wars and how she views it, mm-hmm. I'm in complete agreement. So yeah. I trust her vision above all else, like you just said. Um, and George Lucas always saw the stories as he didn't care about anything other than the movies that he was making. He didn't care about Star Wars other than that. Yeah. Like he, he generally couldn't actually identify the races of Star Wars. Like He's like, uh, Greedo's a, a green guy or something? <laughs> I don't know, because I didn't say it in the movie. Yeah. Um, um, but how do you feel about it being J.J. Abrams? Again, there's there's people complaining, but it's yeah he did a good job. Well, I don't understand these people out there who act like Force Awakens was a bad movie. Yeah, like okay, I understand maybe you didn't like that you know it was too much like a New Hope or you know like just like personal preferences, but just like structurally when you make a movie, when a director Mm -hmm. makes a movie, it's a good movie. Yeah, like that's more objectively like true statement. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I trust him to make a good, like, structurally with a good script, a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking with one of my friends today about uh, about The Force Awakens and about the fact that I think that a lot of the hate just came from the fact that people were like, oh, so hyped for a new Star Wars after so long, and then it wasn't exactly what they'd fantasized about. Oh, well, yeah. People and so have... It's, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of, oh, this isn't what I personally wanted. People, yeah. yeah, people have all this this huge vision in their own heads. And so, of course, it wouldn't match what they wanted, especially since there was this huge other canon that, mm, was, yeah. that was wiped out, which, again, I mean, 
if they make a movie that even went by that canon, it wouldn't be exactly right anyways. Yeah, they mm -hmm. would be missing things if you well, actually, in issue seven (laughs) of Star Wars, Darth Vader. Either way, I think no matter what, you're rewriting canon, even if you try to follow it faithfully. Oh, exactly. So So they might as well have wiped it out. Yeah. And I'm going to miss Marjade, but okay. Like, yeah. I'm sure that some way they will figure out a way to fit her into somewhere in the comics that she'll show up at some point. Mm -hmm. In some way. So... Um, um, so let's move on. We got a new poster that's really, really gorgeous, and it's all red and white. Yeah, and they've been doing this. So I work at a comic book shop, and we'll be getting in all the Star Wars merchandise. And, like, literally, the entire marketing scheme is red and white. Yeah. Like, down to the hats and wallets and toy packaging, red and white. Did the They're f- pushing hard on red and white. Now, the, there's a couple of reasons. One, was there a color scheme for The Force Awakens? It was uh, orange, right? It was it was just kind of more well there was a dark it was like black and orange, I guess. I guess yeah. your typical Star mm. Wars kind of color. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, this is like I think it's meant to because every, like everyone who's like read the script has said like this is a completely different Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um so I think it's meant to really juxtapose it against other movies as being completely mm. different. But also we've seen Snoke's guard, who are all in like this really really vibrant red, even yeah. brighter red than the um the Imperial Guard of the Emperor. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Kylo Ren, who's in black. And then also, um, you've got the planet Crate, which is this, like, this uh, yeah. salt planet that has red dirt underneath. So it's, hmm. like, white with this yeah. red. We'll talk about this more during the trailer part. But, but, yeah, and there's, like, even, like, all these, like, red crystals and stuff. Yeah, and so exactly. I... I don't know yet really what it's trying to symbolize without seeing the movie. Yeah. Um, but it's just interesting that they, I mean, it's even to a point where like some, some of the like distributors like make the wallets, for instance, mm-hmm. they'll put out the exact same wallet they made for force awakens with the same rebel symbol, just but, it, but it's, in a, <laughs> but it's in a red and white package. Yeah. So it's a, so it's a last Jedi one. So you have to get it. Yeah. And that really annoyed me because I ordered all this last Jedi stuff for the shop and then it just comes in. It's the exact same stuff. And, <laughs> and you already have like yeah. copies. And we're like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> um, now Mark, you recently picked up the certain point of view book. Yes. Um, so this book came out, it's the 40th anniversary of a new hope. And so they released a book that is, 40 different authors telling a story from A New Hope in 40 different stories. So, um, it's got a bunch of different people. I'm going to grab the book right now. Um, Some of the people that um, I recognize are um, Griffin McElroy from My Brother, My Brother and Me um, and Polygon. Um, Mallory Ortberg who is really, really funny on Twitter, and she also uh, does the Dear Prudence podcast and advice column. Um, Will Wheaton looks Will like Wheaton is on there. Um, let's see. We've got uh, Chuck Wendig, who wrote the um, Aftermath trilogy, which was really good. Uh, Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick came in and wrote a story. Um, they're comic book writers. Uh, Kieran Gillen, um, who's a comic book writer, he did, um, oh, Ian Dosher, he did the um, Shakespeare translations of Star Wars, um, and the Force Awakens one is about to come out pretty soon, I think mm. by Christmas. 
none of that. So you're saying these are stories like from what random characters that yes. just happen to be at so the same like, time. So the very first story is um, it's Captain Antilles from the moment that his um, ship left in Rogue One through his strangulation by Darth Vader in A New Hope mm. by him getting killed. Um, then the one by Griffin McElroy is from the perspective of a Jawa who is in the sand crawler that ends up picking up R2 does, and 3 Does he just say, Utiri, the whole time? <laughs> no, the whole book just, Utiri, No, it's actually this really, it's this really cute story about how he basically, he has a hollow projector that is, um, that he calls Storyteller. And when he's supposed to be stripping the droids of their memories, he takes and plugs their memory databanks into this hollow projector that he's got yeah. hidden in this little, like, hidden compartment that nobody else can see. And he watches these stories of these droids' lives off-planet, and he imagines what life would be like off-planet. Huh. And so then when R2 comes aboard, he takes it, and he sees basically the entire prequels and sees this, these amazing things that happened, all the way up to him receiving this information, and then he sees the image of the Death Star, and he realizes... That this oh, story, shit. yeah, that basically this <laughs> this story is bigger than him, and he doesn't. And he says he doesn't even imagine. He couldn't even imagine erasing this information, and yeah. so he puts it back in R two, knowing that he'll get in trouble later for having not erased this droid's memory. Oh. But basically, R two almost lost his memory, <laughs> and like Mallory Orberg, so now a, now Disney will create a whole movie based on this because they created yeah. Rogue One just to fix the plot hole of the Death Star yeah. blowing that's, up. That's, Dude, I'd this, still watch this it. entire <laughs> this entire yeah. book is fixing all the plot just holes, fixing all plot holes from yeah. A New Hope, including like that. There's an entire story that is from the perspective of the um, Imperial officer who says, uh, "Hold your fire." There's no life forms on that. Oh one. yeah, why did he do that? So he did it because <laughs> he didn't want to fill out the paperwork that when, when you have to. <laughs> When you have to, when you shoot at, when you blow up like a shell, a fist, you basically have to explain why it was you shot a, like you have to basically explain to the Senate why it is you didn't, why, why you blew up an escape pod. Because it's a, it's a war crime. Oh, and okay. So, okay, he didn't, so he didn't want to fill the paperwork. And so the entire story is him talking to this requisitions officer and she's basically telling him which forms to fill out yeah. to hide the paper trail so it completely obscures the fact that he didn't fire on this thing and all the, like, the bureaucracy to go through. It's brilliant. <laughs> I bet George Lucas loves this book. I yes. mean, he's like, thank you for pointing out every single mistake in A New Hope. Coming this Christmas, With space b- bureaucracy. <laughs> exactly. But, but it does it in a few pages, so you're like, okay, we heard some bureaucracy, well, we move on. Now, um, Mallory, now, now that you say that, George Lucas is going to make a movie about the entire paperwork of <laughs> the Star Wars universe yeah. because he's so obsessed with bureaucracy in the prequels. Mallory Ortberg's whole story is a report from, um, now I can't think of his name, but the Imperial officer who gets choked out by Vader um, during the conference, and it's his report to his superiors, and he's and the entire thing is like, just because just because you think you're right doesn't mean you get to choke people with reports. <laughs> you guys! <laughs> it is, yeah, it's, it's basically him like whining about this guy choking him out. Um, Coming next Chuck- Christmas, space... HR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's writing, he's writing a note to HR. Chuck Wendig's whole story is from the perspective of um, the uh, bartender at the Moss Eisley Cantina and why he doesn't allow droids. I haven't read it yet, but that's basically what the idea is. So they're really, really great stories. Is the HR guy just like, now Vader, do you know why I'm in here? <laughs> we had a complaint, anonymous complaint, 
that you could have been anybody could have been anybody that you choke somebody in the conference room at this time. <laughs> so <laughs> wait, no. <laughs> so yes, a uh, certain point of view. Oh, you should check it out. Man. I think it's like I think it's like twenty five bucks. It's actually, like, how long is each story about? Like they're they're only uh, it's thirty five bucks. They're okay. it depends actually. Like one of them is only like two pages, okay. um, and then others are like ten pages. Um, but they're all like single serving <laughs> stories. You sit That's down and pretty quick. They're brilliant. That's so. awesome. It's really great. You should check it out. All right. Well, let's move on to the main topic. Come on, man. Quit that thing. Um, so we're going to play the, the audio of the trailer. Um, we're going to rewatch it right now. Um, we're going to put in the, the sound here. And then we're going to go ahead and go through and walk through the yeah, whole thing. We're and talk and about talk it. about it. So right. here we go. When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. always been there. But now it's awake. And I need help. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. Kill it. If you have to. That's the only way to become what you were meant to be. That trailer is giving me the vipers. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the first thing we see is Kylo Ren not wearing a helmet, and he's looking out at this whole First Order base. Um, there are normal AT-ATs in the distance, not yeah. just these new huge uh, AT-MTs with the big huge gorilla feet. Um, there's AT-ATs, and then there's some AT-STs as well. Yeah, um, that are like the classic design. 
Okay. So, so they've got, a, I mean, they've got a hodgepodge because they're probably, the first order is like stragglers of the empire. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they probably have some new, some old. Yeah, um, exactly. Can't update everything. And then I actually really enjoy the look of these new ATM6. So, yeah. So they're like, um, what's that trying to, it's like a more like a gorilla. Yeah. Cause they're like, like the way the sort of hands yeah. and feet. everything. Yeah. Um, some people like, don't like it cause it's like, um, Power Ranger Dinobots or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I feel but, like it's. I feel like it's like maybe meant for more stability, especially after. Yeah, Hawk. but but I actually I like the look. I mean, when you when you see interviews with George Lucas, he's like, yeah, I try to make the ATAT walkers um, similar to elephants. Yeah, and so it, it's in Star Wars to to do that kind of thing. And there's a reason why ATSTs are called chicken walkers. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like it's yeah. Uh, so it's not crazy that they would make an animal-like vehicle. Um, yeah. Um, and then, then we see, uh, okay, so the, the voiceover Snoke says, when I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. In a Hulk Hogan voice. Yeah, it is a bit. Raw, untamed power, brother. Brother. <laughs> um, and it's unclear who he's actually talking about. Now, here's the it, thing. I, I, I'm certain that who he's talking to is Kylo Ren. Yeah. And by, sim- by showing... Um, by showing Ray right after that, he's it's trying to like cover up the fact that, and yeah. it's not really covering up, but it's like it's a well, fake, they're faking us out of this. I think yeah. it's I think it's setting up like just as the Emperor tried to move on from Vader to Luke, yeah. I think it's like Snoke's going to try to move on from Kylo because maybe Kylo fails him in the movie, yeah. and maybe just trying to go on to turning Ray and not and not wanting yeah. Kylo anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why I think that transition represented was showing. Then Ray like igniting the lightsaber, um, yeah. um, but then so anyways, backtracking a bit, we see uh, Kylo Ren leading some snowtroopers yeah. um, into a cave, um, which is likely to be the cave that the I'm assuming that they're they're invading the rebel base. Yeah, apparently uh, on crate there's this um, that's the the salt planet that has like red underneath, um, and apparently it's an abandoned rebel base. It's mentioned in. Um, there's a new book that's out that mentions it, um, that talks about it. I think it's a, a Princess oh, Leia yeah, book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Princess of Alderaan novel. Yeah, the yeah. Princess of Alderaan. Um, and then you see, uh, your Snoke says, and beyond that, something truly special. And you see Kylo Ren pick up the lightsaber in this, like, all-red room with guards all around him. Yeah. Um, like, it's like, like a, I don't know if you just like feel this under pressure, like to get to yeah, do, like, do right by Snoke. Yeah, um, and we also don't know where at what point in the movie that is. Like maybe, yeah. like it could be after he like failed to blow up Princess Leia. Maybe. Yeah, um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, so yeah, then right next to the lightsaber, uh, she goes up to Luke, hands him the lightsaber. So I want to know: Do you think that? The Last Jedi is going to open with that scene, the very last scene of Force Awakens. Yeah, I think so. Which would which would make it different. Like, that's completely different than completely different any other Star Wars movie. Yeah, because I mean, I almost don't think that they would, just because yeah. it, it almost seems like too tame of an opening. Uh, yeah, it's what everyone's expecting. Right, and and it's almost like it you doesn't know, like every opening always have like a ship. Yeah, like zoom well, past in the original trilogy, every single film began with a Star Destroyer specifically, yeah. which is okay. why in all of Timothy Zahn's books, 
he does an opening crawl and then cut to a storm, a, a star destroyer floating out in space. Oh. And every and single the, novel that he does, huh. which is pretty great. And in the That's prequel so. trilogy, you have uh, it's always ships. Every yeah. opening, right? And, and then in Force Awakens, it was a ship. Yeah. So will they have it open with a ship or no? Yeah, it'd be kind of weird if they didn't. Maybe they might like open with like stuff going on with the uh, the first order. Yeah, yeah, and then do that, and then go because the same way Empire Strikes Back opened with like Just, a star destroyer entirely on its own, away from like any of the mm-hmm, good guys, right? Like, um, so then we see Luke take the lightsaber, um, fittingly with his robotic hand, because that symbolizes when his hand was chopped off with the lightsaber. Yeah, which I I, I wonder how long they're going to leave hanging this whole like how do they get the lightsaber because it fell in Bespin. Cloud City. Yeah, and, but it was it was explained away in the expanding universe as well. Like they brought it back and things like that. So it's not. Yeah, and it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for it to show back up. Yeah, I mean it's it's not anything that's going to bug me if they don't explain yeah. it. But it just felt a little well, cheap when Boz was like yeah. a story for another time. Well, here's what you do <laughs> in in two years. No. Yeah, in three years, when the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back comes out. And they need to do a new from a certain point of view. <laughs> then they can do yeah. the whole explanation for what happened to the lightsaber. Yeah. Someone yeah. didn't want to claim they found the lightsaber because they didn't want to fill out the paperwork. Yeah. And, <laughs> so they, and so they smuggled the lightsaber. Actually, As a side uh, thing, um, Mark Hamill, um, he ended up taking, he took a picture somebody brought in for him to sign of um, Ray like holding out the lightsaber to him. And this on his signature, he had his name beneath, but it said, did you bring the hand? It had a hand with it. <laughs> so that should be his first line in the movie. Yeah. Did, right you the like, hand? Did you bring the hand? <laughs> uh, uh, so he takes it from her, um, and then Ray starts narrating. Something inside me has always been there. Yeah, um, and we see um, some people say ruins, but it's, I think it's more likely it's the burnt down tree that's on Octu because apparently there's just supposed to be like this four spirit tree. Oh yeah. So the um the the comic book miniseries that came out Shattered Empire. Shattered Empire. It had this whole storyline where Poe Dameron's mother helps Luke get a hold of this piece of this tree. Yeah. Um that, that was is from that was on, the original. Yeah, and it was tree. they had kept it on Coruscant originally. Yeah, um, and then basically it's just this tree like Im- imbued with the Force. I yeah, guess. basically so, it, like, it seems like it was like the the place where like the Jedi first meditated around to like gain like access yeah. to the okay, Force. Yeah. And, and so and so where they are is Octu. Apparently, this is supposed to be the place where the very first Jedi Temple yeah. um, <laughs> was created. And so, so this is bad. Hopefully, this is, they'll do a, like a flashback and show when the Jedi were using uh, their lightsabers on cords because like. Originally, lightsabers didn't have battery packs in them. Right. They had them on their belts, and so they had a, like a, a wire attached to it. So all you had to do is like hack the wire and like completely destroy the. And, and I AOL love came, all, came along, and they were able to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it shows uh, again, possibly in those tree ruins. Yeah. Um, the uh, the I books. guess the books, and so assuming the first books written about the Force by the Jedi. Yeah, um, that Ray is looking at. She says, "Then I was awake, and I need help." Um, so Ray has accepted, like fully. She's got the Force now, and yeah. she understands she needs a mentor. Just a quick little thing. I love the uh, "I need help" section uh, 
throughout this entire in- intro, they've had the uh, the new song going on, which is mm-hmm. phenomenal. And uh, the cello part does dun, 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 dun. And right before that, uh, her swings of the lightsaber max- match the cello perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh man, it gave, yeah. gave me chills. <laughs> yeah, the way they edited um, the trailer together. Oh, so good. Another thing too is that with Luke in the in the teaser trailer saying the time of the Jedi is it's time for the Jedi to end. Um, maybe with him having gone to the original Jedi Temple and these books, these books are the original teachings of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and they could what they could show is how far the Jedi have strayed from the original. That Jedi or al- or alternatively, it could be like literally the exact same thing as what they're doing now. And he's saying like this dogma that has existed for centuries has not solved anything. Yeah. So why should we follow it? Yeah. So, or, or yeah, yeah or it could be that it's straight away from it. It's like straight so far. But away if it's, it's not... straight away from it, wouldn't he be more like, it's time to go back to the Jedi roots, not just the Jedi should end. I'm done. It's time well, for the Jedi reformation. And he posts the 95 theses. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like, it could be, like, that basically there's no way to, like, go back to that without ending the Jedi mm-hmm. and recreating something new from, okay. like, yeah, uh, I don't yeah, we'll see. Um, and then, so we start seeing more um, training with Rey. Um, so Rey's saying, I need help. She starts, you know, waving the lightsaber, uh, stops it perfectly right before hitting the rock, um, which then, uh, using the force, like, splits the rocks around her. No, no, no. Um, look, if you look at it, that when Luke is over her shoulder, she's sitting there meditating. Oh, you're right, you're right. It's a completely right. different... Yeah. So we see her stop, and then we see the cut, the, the yeah. rocks crack, but mm-hmm. it's a completely separate scene. And the scene. surprise on Luke's face of how powerful Rey is. Yeah. Um, Mark Hamill is a great actor. He's so underrated. Yeah. As well, an he, actor. It's because he hasn't done all that much. I you know. know and, as far as like, and that's unfortunate, because he's actually a really good actor. Yeah. He really is. Um, so... Yeah, also, so, but one yeah. thing to, to note is when she swings her lightsaber and stops it, like, right before the rock, the way that the rock is shaped, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like people have frequently been hitting it's like, that rock. Well, I, I bet in the film, um, at, during her, like, her training montages, she keeps hitting the rock by accident. It keeps yeah. slicing it a bit. And the idea is to try to have enough control to stop right before Just hitting before it. Just before hitting it, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, like, her finally achieving that. Yeah. Um, so then... Luke is freaking out. Yeah. Because <laughs> he is like, I've seen this raw strength. Again, this this use of the word raw strength mm-hmm. um, echoed in Snoke. So you see the two Brother. sides. <laughs> only only Luke doesn't say like a whole Kogan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you see the two sides obviously uh, forming. Um, Luke using the same words. He's only seen this raw strength once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. And as he says that, his hand is like emerging from the ruins. Yeah, it shows kind of flashback, implied that like Kylo Ren was the raw strength he he saw. Which which destroyed the temple. By showing this flashback, that's the first time in Star Wars we've ever seen a flashback. Yeah, it'll probably be a force back, Ray Wall vision. Yeah, Um, that's the only way to like. I don't see them being like like, flashback, like. (laughs) Yeah. but man, what a chilling line. It didn't oh, scare me yeah. enough then, it does now. And again, the expression on Luke's face, like, no. Yeah, no. Like, this is I not did this once before. No. So do you think that do you do you think uh, we're it's jumping ahead to like the end of the trailer because and we're assuming that people mm-hmm. have like watched the trailer. 
for listening to this, that when she said, because I don't, she's not talking to Kylo Ren, which we'll get to. Yeah. There. When she says, like, I'm, what's the line basically? Like, I need guidance to know uh, where I'm. Yeah, like, I need, yeah. I need to understand my place in all this. My place in all this. What if he is rejecting her and, oh, like, basically being yeah. like, oh, yeah. you need to get out of here. I'm Completely. not training you at all. I can't here's let the, you do this. Here's my take on it, at least what I want to see. And then and she's like, is, no, I need your help. This is me um, projecting my own ideas onto Luke because um, I feel a strong connection with Luke. So we'll see if this actually happens, but this is how I, I see it. Luke is just done with seeing power being manipulated. Mm-hmm. Like, he is just... He's seen all the history before him. He tries with Kylo Ren, and he's just tired of power being used to escalate a never-ending war. Yeah. So Ray comes along, hey, I have all this power. And he's like, no, I'm just done, okay? Your, your ideology might change or something, and you'll use that power against others and just fuel this war that never ends. Yeah. Um, either that, or he's just grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the same thought that I had, was that it was kind of like the isolationist... Um, basically becoming Yoda being like, Nope, mm-hmm. don't want to train you. It's- yeah. But Yoda's felt more like he was forced into it. Like Luke wasn't forced into it. He just chose yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Yoda was like, they're going to kill me. <laughs> right. Find yeah. Me. So, um, so it's a little bit different, but yeah, again, mirroring the Yoda thing, because as we know, Star Wars is poetry and it's going to rhyme the same, mm-hmm. um, character. Uh, so then we go to, yeah, like, an expression on Ray's face, like, what, you're not going to train me? And I'm all sad. Yeah. Then we cut to Kylo Ren, and he is smashing the mask against the wall. Um, I'm happy with this choice. I actually hate his mask. <laughs> so yeah. I'm glad that well, he's think, just going to be... I think it worked when he first showed up in the very first scene. Mm-hmm. Actually, it worked all the way up until the point at which he first took it off. Mm-hmm. I was actually really disappointed in The Force Awakens when he took off the mask at first, I don't think he should have taken off that mask until he met his father because we should have basically assumed that there was something messed up with him. And then when he finally takes off the mask and you go, oh, I disagree. he's just a boy. I disagree. And here's why. The first time he takes it off is when he's alone in a room with Ray. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I saw someone else say this, so I'm not taking credit for this, but um, that whole scene, the interrogation scene, was this mm-hmm. really personal like they got to like know each other in this really dark way because they mm-hmm. saw each other's fears using the interrogation on each other. Um, him revealing it, who he is to her, I think that's important that that was first because she's the kind of rock that he's going to be using over the course of the films, I think, as a redemptive arc. Mm-hmm. And so him showing himself to her and then kind of, kind of, taking away the mask, taking away the darkness, mm-hmm. and then try to go to light through, through a relationship with her. Not, not necessarily romantic, but just yeah. a relationship um, that that's more symbolic of. Yeah. Because it, mm-hmm. it was this really big personal thing. Yeah, but can you imagine, like, the entire movie, he doesn't take off his mask. You, you get to the point, like, you're third, you discover that he basically betrayed the Jedi and everything. So you're like, during this whole betrayal, like, he must have gotten, like, really messed up. Like, you're expecting, you're at least expecting him to take off the mask and yeah. see, like, Anakin Skywalker like glowing red eyes or whatever yeah and when he finally takes it off to confront his father he's just this big nosed child like <laughs> right yeah he's just this goofy child with long hair and you're like oh he's he's a kid so that yeah, yeah. so so but, now he's but I think they may they may have needed to humanize him more before that scene 
because you needed to see him as, or maybe maybe that being the first scene where it's humanized would work. Yeah, I don't know. We're just yeah, our personal takes. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, yeah. like my my first thought is the fact of from a symbolic point of view, mm-hmm. it was very built up of the this mask. It's, it's Darth Vader two point Yeah, and then it was just kind of to me kind of agree with Mark of being a little bit more of a letdown. But I definitely agree that mm-hmm. that personalization uh, kind yeah. of was important. So I don't know. I'm conflicted like he's going to have a unique bond. Exactly. Today. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's super important. To but this. the greater symbolic mm-hmm. nature of this, um, he is a new Kylo Ren in this movie. Mm-hmm. Right. He is getting rid. I'm assuming the smash in the mask is really early on. Um, yeah. And you can tell because he's got the bandage on his face, which he doesn't have later mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's shedding this away from him. He's going to be something different. Um, and then we go to, uh, him flying his TIE fighter and he goes into it look looks like he goes into a hangar bay yeah um and he's he narrates let the past die um and he says kill it if you have to it's the only way to become who you were meant to be I really hope that they address like what actually made Kylo Ren so dark yeah mm-hmm. like even if it's just dialogue between him and Snoke like talking about why yeah. he went to the dark side because they didn't address that at all in Force Awakens yeah. it's mm-hmm. like okay I don't know why you're so whiny but yeah um, well I think it's going to be kind of like Anakin where he felt like he was being held back and not allowing his true potential to come out yeah mm-hmm. um, so we'll yeah I'm sure we'll yeah. see that um, discovered so anyway then but he's as he's flying through he like gets a target lock on the bridge of apparently the ship's called the Radis, which is named after the big uh calamari uh, admiral in um rogue one so it's been named after him and uh and you see leia is on on the bridge of yeah. the ship and she's got the exp- i mean the way they edit the trailer anyways makes mm-hmm. it seem like you know she's got this expression on her face like don't kill me don't blow up my ship. Um, And he's struggling with whether or not he should do it. Um, My theory is that he doesn't. Yeah. Um, And again, um, so I'll just bring this up now because it works here. Um, There's people familiar with Star Wars ring theory is that Star Wars will um, kind of mirror each other, but not just mirror each other in films, but work its way to an inner point. So like scenes in the first movie, would represent would also be repeated in scenes in the sixth movie and it keeps mm-hmm. going towards the center um so one person pointed this out that anakin's journey is from good to his lowest point in episode three dark mm-hmm. and kylo ren's journey is from probably his lowest point in force awakens of killing his father mm-hmm. to becoming light by the end of the third in this new trilogy. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, um, it's a ring because it's, it's instead of light to dark, it's dark to light. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is like a big turning point where he actually spares her. Yeah. Um, now this could just be conjecture. And, 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 and like so. connected to that, uh, what he was saying before, like, you know, what, what is it? Let the past die, kill it. Yeah. Um, I almost think that that could be like, late in the movie and it's his actually deciding to go to the light instead. Yeah. And that's actually yeah. like killing his, his darkness yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And, and it works. We're talking about the helmet. It works with that helmet too. Mm-hmm. Where, um, Cause also he can't be saying that we've never had a characters like their inner monologues going. Yeah. So he's sitting in there in a, pl- in a ship all on his own. So mm-hmm. that line isn't from exactly that moment. Right. Either. Yeah. 
So yeah, that could definitely be like something. So maybe yes, yeah, yeah. so maybe like him and Ray are talking about how they've both been like screwed by their masters, and yeah. they're just like, mm. you know what? Let's just go on our own. Yeah. And figure this out together. Yeah. Um, but uh, but again, with the ring thing, um, it also works with we were just talking about his mask. Um, you know, the mask becomes the final step for Anakin. Well, the first step for Kylo Ren is to get rid of his mask. Yeah. And he becomes mm. someone without a mask. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm so which is that. yeah, which is. <laughs> Super awesome and symbolic. Yeah. Um, so then we go to more scenes. Um, there's the Millennium Falcon flying through a crystal cave. Uh, we assume on Crate, the, the base where those walkers were heading towards. Yeah. Um, I want to know if any of these crystals are like kyber crystals, which That's is true. which are the crystals that you use in lightsabers. And the Death Star. Um, yeah. Um, I think that would be really cool if they were. Um, yeah. You tie, tie more Star Wars mythology into it. Yeah. Um, and then we see we gotta talk about this one. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Then we see Chewbacca and a porg flying, and the porg's like, burp, 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 burp. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't understand why some people hate porgs already. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, mean, I get it from like a surface level. Like, you just you're just against cute things. Yeah. <laughs> and you think that makes you great that you're against cute things, and yeah. how dare Star Wars ever have something cute in it? Yeah. Um, but, but I am all for it. It was the same people who were really upset yeah. that BB-8 existed. Right. And yeah. BB-8 is like one of the best new characters ever created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we did our, uh, our Star Wars tournament, yeah. uh, <laughs> BB-8 beat R2-D2. Yeah. Because it was just it's how taken everyone was with him. Yeah. Um, uh, one person we know says that they don't like that Chewbacca has a pet. Because Chewbacca is the pet. Because Chewbacca is the pet. First off, racist against Wookiees. Yeah. yeah. Um, but secondly, I think that Han was actually Chewbacca's pet, so he needs a replacement pet for yeah. Han. So, he's got, <laughs> so now he's got the Porg, yeah. and that's his replacement pet. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to be in. The, I think they're. I think what will happen is they're going to appear in the background on yeah. Octo, mm-hmm. like this, this being there, and then. Like, at one point, when they're, like, leaving, they'll realize that one of them is on board. Yeah. And then it'll yeah, just, yeah. like, show up, like, in the background on the ship. Ryan Johnson like, said they're not going to be as big as, like, the Ewoks were in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. They're not a plot point. They're just a They're side also thing. not ascensioned. They're an animal, so. There goes yeah. my theory that Han Solo was reincarnated into the park. As a pork. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's in the ship with Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. Put him in a little vest. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so cute. Yeah. Okay. So then we go on to Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron. Oh, yeah. um, Poe Dameron, you know, we see some ships explode. And uh, he has an is, afterburner on his yeah. uh, X-Wing. What is he Which we haven't seen before. He's got this big old giant engine that ends up like blasting through, which is pretty cool. He says in his like machizo, confident-like manner, we are the spark that will light the fire that will burn the First Order down. Yeah. I mean, I could just watch a whole movie but, of Poe Dameron taking down the entire First Order, like Taken style, like Liam yeah. Neeson, like, I've got a particular set of skills. I'm Poe Dameron! Well, and, he's, <laughs> and when he's standing there saying it, he's got, like, this whole, he's got a bunch of people behind him, including um, Billy Lord, Carrie Fisher's daughter, yeah. who's back there. And so it's like, it seems like it's going to be, like, this big, like, inspirational speech just before this big battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gonna, like, well, I, and I read interviews saying that, like, it's him learning how to be a leader. Yeah. And that's going to be his new personal journey. Because yeah. they didn't give him any depth in Force Awakens. Yeah, he was but just a cool be, pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will be the layers of him trying to figure out how to... The thing, the thing that I liked about 
Poe Dameron when he showed up was that he wasn't the Han Solo swagger, um, where Han Solo doesn't care about anybody or any, anyone. Mm-hmm. He he is dedicated to deeply cares deeply <laughs> cares about it, but he's still got an attitude. He's still got an attitude, but he doesn't have an attitude towards those in the resistance. Yeah, he is the nicest guy in the world to the resistance, but he's just got a brilliant mouth on him against like yeah. against Kylo mm-hmm. Ren and stuff like that. So. Then we move to what everyone really wanted to see in Force Awakens, which is Finn and Phasma going at it. Yeah. Um, this is exactly the scene that that should have been... I've said it before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. That Captain Phasma should have been the one with the riot, um, the riot baton mm-hmm. in, that, in that scene. Like, yeah. because, especially because Finn ends up getting his ass kicked by him. So there wasn't any reason why she couldn't have been the one doing it yep. to show that she's a badass. But you know, so now we're, we're going to get It's actually kind of symbolic because you said that. Um, he's got the baton now. Yeah. So it's like first movie, he gets his ass kicked with it. And now it's like he's he's forming as a character. Mm-hmm. He's ready to make his ass kicking yeah. move with it. Now for a second, when I first saw this shot of him igniting it, I thought it was a lightsaber, like just for right, a moment. Yeah. And yep. I was like, he's got his own fancy different lightsaber. And I was like, oh wait, no, <laughs> yeah. it's actually, we've seen that before. Okay. Um, <laughs> now I hope since Captain Phasma was basically the Boba Fett of mm-hmm. Force Awakens, she just stood around and did nothing. Yeah. Um, I bet to mirror, uh, you know, the scenes perfectly in that Star Wars poetry, uh, Finn's going to be like, Captain Phasma, Captain Phasma, where? And then turn. And, and knock then, her out and, of space. And the baton will, will hit her jetpack and she'll go, ah! And then fall into okay. a Sarlacc pit. There is a, there's a For fa- some reason, there's a Sarlacc pit yeah. on the hangar they're fighting in. There is a Phasma novel that has just recently come out and it has explained why it is that Phasma so readily turned down the shield generator because a bunch of people were like, yeah, why would she so weird. easily betray them? Yeah. The book, um, basically... She's not like your standard stormtrooper. She, she um, wasn't conditioned. She wasn't conditioned. And she is entirely in it for herself. Ooh. She does not care about the First Order. Oh. She cares about gaining power herself. Why would they give her such a high rank? Because she's that much of a badass. Okay. Is the, is the idea. Yeah. And so she has like risen up in the ranks. She's, there aren't other captains who have this armor. She's the only one who has that armor. Oh. And... Um, and in fact, the armor is actually made from a Naboo Starcraft, Ooh. Ooh. which is why it's all solar like that. And basically, she she's in it for herself, so she will happily betray the First Order if it means that she survives. Which which actually makes her even less like this noble like warrior, and it's more like she's just this mean scheming woman who's yeah. like willing to do whatever she needs to survive which is so, I like a lot better more like Boba Fett yeah, I mean, yeah. more mercenary uh-huh. than yeah she's much more mercenary than loyal soldier I'm super uh, excited for that scene because Finn is like my favorite mm-hmm. character like within Star Wars yeah, yeah. just because no. the whole I'm, I'm super into like the underdog type of yeah. like archetype mm-hmm. and so just the fact of you know coming from nothing and like, and he's like already he's, achieved breaking conditioning. Exactly. Yeah. It's fascinating. Like, I'm so excited. Yeah. Like, he's like, you can't take away my humanity. I'm going to feel and think. <sighs> John yeah. Boyega is so good. So good. 
Um, so then we go to, you know, just kind of more ship battles, uh, BBA getting shocked, and then... But he, he shrugs it off, it actually, like, the electricity's gone, and he's, like, yeah, waving his like, head around. So I'm he's BB-8, fine. whatever. <laughs> I do what I want. Yeah. Um, and then, probably, I think, one of the best lines in the trailer, Luke saying, this is not going to go the way you think. Mm-hmm. Like, Luke's been around. Yeah. He's seen some things. And you can't just have this naive, like, well, I'm just going to learn the Force and win the day. Like, yeah. no. Even if you win the day, you create another war. Like, And he's laying here on the ground wet, which will come up later. Yeah. Um, later um, on. So as he's saying that, you see these really cool, like, ice foxes or, like, crystal foxes running yeah. into the rubble base. Um, which are my new favorite thing because I like foxes they look, and they, they look, look awesome. really, really cool. <laughs> so um, cool. And well, and they're all fleeing into the building, which mm-hmm. implies that like maybe the the, the resistance walk- has like allied with them, and, yeah, like, you know, or at least you know are friendly with them. And the walkers are on the way, yeah. Like, um, so they're like the base doors are shutting, and this this scene is actually really reminiscent of. So in in the scene, you see Leia, um, the base doors are shutting, and Leia's looking out. It's exactly the same scene in. Uh, Empire Strikes Back on Hoth. Yeah. The blast doors are closing and closing. she's looking all sad. And she's looking sad out there because so, like, Luke's out there. So who's out there during the battle that like, you um, know? Maybe. Or it could just be a general sadness yeah. that the First Order is coming for them. Yeah. Or... And she's got this really cool like, her dress has this really cool like, whole like, high neck thing. Yeah. Which like... I always, I always think looks really, really cool. Like in the new Blade Runner movie, um, <laughs> he he has this really cool like trench coat that he flips it up and it's got this whole like wraparound thing that looks all like that. And it's always been like one of my favorite looks and yeah. on characters. Yeah. Um, so then we have Leia or not Leia, uh, Ray, mm-hmm. uh, diving water coming up and seeing Luke. Um, I actually think this might be her force vision. It's like Luke had a force vision empire. Oh, Strikes Back. okay. Um, and I think it might explain why Luke's like in all the black, clothing and there's these there's been these really weird rumors that like that somewhat legitimate rumors that you see luke with a red lightsaber i think this is her force vision i don't think it actually happens Mm -hmm. i think that maybe in her force vision she sees luke with a red lightsaber and that scares her you know she thinks like there's like luke's corrupted so maybe she doesn't trust him anymore yeah um or even then maybe it's like uh you know this is after she's been if what we said before rejected by Luke, and so yeah. now she's she villainizes him in yeah, her yeah. own mind, yeah. And so she like, can, has convinced me? herself that yeah that he's wrong. Now, so she's getting up out of the water there, mm-hmm. and you can see Luke is standing there, yeah, wet. So him laying there on the ground, wet, takes place immediately after this, I think. So at some so she some, knocked him over or somewhere in the vision, stuff. something yeah. happens. And he's laying well, there. And that would be poetic, too, because Luke's vision was of Vader, mm-hmm. right? So to Luke himself be in the next vision for the next prodigy, whatever. Mm-hmm. This has some kind of, you know, yeah. air of elegance to it. Um, so then uh, we have Finn in the Imperial disguise being escorted by stormtroopers in the hangar bay. Um, and then you see the battle on crate. Um the walkers taking out uh, some of the ships and TIE fighters going down. Um, and then I think the biggest scene, well, one of the biggest scenes in the trailer, which I almost thought was like showing us too much, uh. um, is Snoke uh, 
saying fulfill your destiny as he's torturing Ray. Yeah. Uh, holding her in the air with the force. It's it's like the way she's shaking is similar to how she was um, being held by, by Kylo. Yeah. By Kylo, yeah. Um, which and now they've said they're not going to go too much into Snoke in this movie. Yeah, um, which makes sense. They never actually really went into the Emperor in the Ultra. They never explained where he came from either. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah. Like so, you don't actually really need that explanation of Snoke, though. They need to touch on it eventually, just like who he is in general. Yeah. Um, what if? This shot of him holding out his hand and her being tortured is her is her force vision. Mm, that, that could is. be too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. Of, I think misdirection in the trailer, mm-hmm. so you don't really know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. They just cut the scenes together well. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a possibility. And speaking of misdirection, um, the final scene of the trailer, um, Ray is like, "I need someone to show me my place in all of this," and then they cut to Kylo holding out his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the lighting is somewhat similar between the scenes, but... but the lighting of her is a steady orange light, mm-hmm. and she's also wearing the same clothing that she wore when she met meets Luke. Yeah. Um, she has different clothing later. Yeah. It's a more bigger gray gown. Um, so I think it's just more when she's saying, I need someone to show me a place, she's talking to Luke, and this yeah. is a misdirection. However, they put this this way in the trailer for a reason. I think it really is that at some point, Kylo is going to, I mean, he's holding out his hand. I think that really is him like, I need, let's figure this out together. And, yeah. and, and I don't think, I mean, I guess it could just be, here, let me bring you to Snoke and we'll go talk to him. Yeah, but, but I don't know. I, I but here's like, the thing. If he, if he fails to kill Leia yeah. and, then, and is like rejected by Snoke, and begins to realize that he can't, mm-hmm. he can't do this anymore. Then when he and Ray finally confront each other, and she's disillusioned because Luke has rejected her, yeah. that's when they're like, all right, we have to, yeah. like, we're the only hope we have. Any, is, the only hope we have is in, is in each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then the, then the and title then, comes up. Yeah. Um, we didn't get to see any of Rose yeah, in this trailer. Um, there's point. a couple characters. Uh, Benicio yeah. Del Toro's character wasn't in it. I think um, Benicio Del Toro's character is... I think he's going to be in there, but I think he's going to be a small role. And that like maybe in the next film they'll, they'll make him bigger. Because he's sp- apparently supposed to be in the underworld. He could be like the there's, new Lando. Well, they didn't show any of... There's this supposed to be this casino world. Yeah. That, well, not like a whole world that's a casino, but a casino location mm-hmm. that um, that Rose and Finn go to disguised as Imperials. Well, not Imperials, but First Order um, officers. And I'm assuming that's where they'll meet Del Toro's character, who's apparently right now being called DJ. But I, I can't imagine that the actual name of Del Toro's character is somebody named after... DJ Tanner. Like, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm imagining they're basically like my, what I suspect is that Benicio del Toro is the son of uh, Boba Fett just so that they can get more Boba Fett in there because they feel like they have yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. You're That's right. You're totally right. Yeah. But Laura Dern, I've seen pictures of her. She's got like this like cool like pink hair and she basically like, is a, a general in the, in the resistance. She looks like she's going to be a cool character. Yeah, and mm-hmm. what they've said about her character is that 
she kind of steps in um, as like kind of friendly antagonistic to Leia, um, where she's like, we need to go in this direction. And there's, there's actually a political element supposedly in this, Mm -hmm. in this movie about, um, Trade disputes. <laughs> well, no, like really, like, like, yeah. um, I think it'll mirror again in the, in the ring theory. Um, it'll mirror Attack of the Clones, where they're like, "We need to keep these planets together from following yeah. the First mm-hmm. Order." Well, especially we after the it. capital. I of mean, the whole Republic is destroyed. The, right? the capital of the Republic is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. they have to rebuild their government from the ground up, and yeah. it's going to be how do we do this? How do we do it against First Order? Yeah. So I actually like that there'll be a political element um, in these yeah. new movies because say what you will about the prequels, I think the political element is fantastic. Yeah, and and I actually kind of wish there was more of a political element in the original trilogy. Yeah, um, yeah. All you see in the original trilogy is the fringes of the galaxy. You never actually yeah. see what's going on. Right. Before. Yeah. Um, other than that one conference meeting where <laughs> on the Death Star. But even then, that's, that's on the <laughs> yeah. Death Star out in like, the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. but that, that, I think that's literally the only like political, political yeah. scene in the entire old trilogy. Yeah. Everything else is like any yeah. of the meetings are all military meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, I mean, great trailer. The way they at least they cut it together. Yeah. Um, I'm really really liking the new music. Oh. Yeah. Um, I don't know if. It is um, uh, what's his name coming back? John Williams. John Williams. Yeah, it's John Williams. Back? It is. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they would ever change that. Unless, I, well, they, they, so they did. They didn't have him for Rogue One. Like, really? You didn't yeah. do Rogue One? No, it wasn't. Oh, interesting. Which like there was points where I could tell as I even yeah. in the first viewing I was like that well, was like a really jarring. That might make sense. Like they want that. the saga ones to be distinct yeah. and they want these one offs to be different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but he had also said that he was retiring, so they <laughs> yeah. He's like, stop dragging me back into this guy. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, after seeing the trailer, um, I want you both to tell me, like, what's the one thing you want to see most in this movie? Hmm. The, frankly, I don't care about... Porgs? Don't say Porgs. Porgs no. the best. I don't, I don't really care about Jedi training montages. <laughs> yes. I don't, I don't really, I don't care <laughs> about gonna, it. I don't want to see it. It's going to be Karate Kid style, like... Yeah. Like, like that was the, the best. That was the, that was the least <laughs> interesting part for me in Empire Strikes Back is the training montages. Mm-hmm. Ex, the, ex, up yeah. until no, the the montage like him like running through the jungle and like Yoda talking to him is is fine, but it isn't until like the montage ends and Yoda gives his incredible luminous being speech yeah. that that's that's where it hooks. You're me. right. Where, where you so, just see like, Luke just meditating yeah, rocks. I don't like. I don't cares. really care about like. Her sitting there and cracking the ground open. Like I care about like the stuff yeah. that's going to be going on around that. Right. So I think the thing that I'm most looking forward to is I'm looking forward to seeing what is the result of the training. What? Yeah. How does this all like? And and again go afterwards, you know, all the actors have said this is different, and I don't yeah. think that they would say this is different if it wasn't actually different. Like this is, this isn't just hype. This yeah. is like literally this script is different than every other Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens? Is it that Kylo and Ray go off together? Yeah. Away from their masters? I mean, I don't know, but yeah, Matt, what do you want to see? Yeah, I mean, I already kind of said it before. I really want to see more with like Finn and like just like what's going on there. I want to, I, 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 want, I want him to succeed, but I also don't want it to just be a, ah, good guys always win. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I'd so like gotta be earned. Exactly, I'd yeah. like to. I'd like to see some relativity in mm. decisions. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I, I like. I like gray areas, and I like sympathizing for people that I hate. So yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think, like I said before, I, I think actually the one thing I'm most looking forward to, or at least want to see, is actually a political element mm. in the movies because because at the end of Force Awakens, both the entire First Order basically and the entire Republic basically are destroyed. Mm-hmm. So they're both building from the ground up. The galaxy's up for grabs. You can't you can't not address that. Yeah. Actually, another thing I want to see is the First Order was formed in the Unknown Regions um, when the basically the remnants of the Empire fled into the Unknown Regions, mm-hmm. which is apparently a really, really notoriously difficult area to navigate, and apparently it's really, really weird out there. Like, yeah, there's things out there that... So I would love to see, like, some, like, where is the First Order? Like, mm. where is their headquarters? I want to see some, like, weird station orbiting a black hole or something. I want to see, like... Yeah, I want to see how weird this area is that they've had to lock themselves away in in order to build up their forces. Is that'd be really yeah. cool to see? But then that may be something that we won't see until the final, yeah, um, the and, final film. And like off of what Gabe you were talking about with politics and stuff like this, it'd be really cool if it wasn't so binary. If it wasn't just like yeah. you know, you know first, I, first order remnants and republic. If it was like, oh, now there's several different factions that have decided to all rise up, a la you know, every time that China fell apart. Yeah, and I and yeah. I think I and that's what I want to see from Luke is him being yeah. like, this isn't just this is just a continual good versus evil, good versus evil. All you're doing is killing people. Right. Um we need to find a way to fix this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what that's what I hope is the thing that's different. Because mm-hmm. um, ideology just it, it just fails us. Yeah. Um, you gotta have that human element. Um now when we go see this movie everyone um, Mark, you were saying something about uh, everyone coming dressed as Princess Leia. Yeah, so there's way. been this there's been this new uh, hashtag going around that is Leia is with us, and uh, because this is going to be Carrie Fisher's final film, um, they they've got this idea where basically everybody will wear something Princess Leia to the opening weekend, and the hope is, is that basically everywhere you look, you'll see Leia. Now it could be like pin that you're wearing or I'm going to go um, full white gown buns in my hair. Yeah. 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 I support that. That'd be great. That'd be hot. Uh, That'd be great. But there's a bunch of different people who are doing um, who are going to be wearing different t-shirts. Her Universe um, which is created by the girl who the woman not the girl the woman who is the voice of Ahsoka. She has her own line of clothing that she does not only Star Wars, but she also does like Battlestar Galactica and a few oh, others that are all women, they're all women's clothing that are mm-hmm. really, really cool looking. Yeah. The more um, you know. And um, that's called Her Universe. And so uh, they've got a bunch of Princess Leia t-shirts out there that you can get and yeah. things like that. Um, I'm going to be tracking down a Princess Leia t-shirt to wear. Um, yeah. By the way, that, that scene um, in the trailer, Leia's face versus where she thinks she's going to be blown up, mm-hmm. that's even more impactful because Carrie Fisher died. Like, yeah. just seeing that is like oh man it's that, heartbreaking that hits you like yeah. and they did that on purpose they're like yeah yeah, we're gonna hit well, you apparently they were gonna try to squeeze her into the the next film but then they realized they could get a really really nice impactful scene yeah by not taking the stuff that she filmed for this film and like trying to stretch mm-hmm. it into the next film yeah uh, that's yeah. good yeah so yeah that was our thoughts on the trailer uh let's move on to trivia <laughs> Stop it now. 
so now last we were at trivia, I had 35 right, and Mark had 34. Yeah. And I think it's actually taken so long to do the podcast because Mark can't stand that he lost to me. Well, and then trivia. I went and then I went and lost the cards. So Yeah, Mark lost the cards, so I Matt has, has sure find found him. some questions online for us. Um, so, fire away. You just pick whoever. Doesn't oh, matter. Okay. Um, uh, I, gosh, I have no idea. Um, you mark first. Mark. Okay. Uh, let's go with... Um, where was it? This yeah. character used to smuggle guns before opening a diner on Coruscant and is partially named after George Lucas's son. Easy. Oh, yeah, it's uh, Dexter Jetster. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Okay. I've got one. His, his 1950s diner in the middle of... Was he voiced by John Goodman? I don't it know. It sounded like a... Like, oh! One of them. Camino! <laughs> They're one of those old cloners. Oh, yeah! Brother. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, okay. Um, right. Let's go to me. Okay. How many dobacks are in the original 1977 theatrical cut of Star Wars? Dobacks. Do the the oh. lizard. Oh no! I know what a dobac is. I know. <laughs> excuse me. I know what I'm a dobac is. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, this, this is my way of thinking. I just say it out loud. Uh, so. <laughs> Let me think. It's gonna go into D-backs, his mind palace. D-backs. Well, I'm trying to figure out if it's a trick question. If it's zero, because they did the CGI dobacks later. Yeah, and um, I kind of, I kind of deleted the second half because it was uh, how many were in the original and then yeah. in the in the updated. Yeah. So I'm gonna say there was zero dobacks in the original cut. There were two originally. Yeah, yeah. five were added. They were the, they were like far off in the distance. They were basically just cardboard cutouts sitting out oh, there. Oh, that's so like yeah. yeah. All right, all right, fine. Move on to Mark. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll just do one more each. Yeah. Who kept the planet of Eriadu? I don't know if that's pronounced correctly. Mm-hmm on the side of the Republic during the Clone Wars, only to become one of the Empire's top officials. Hmm. Oh. Who kept... on the side of the Republic... Ariadu. Um, I'm trying to think of which one is Ariadu. Um... I'm, I, I think I'm just going to go with uh, I think I'm going to go with Grand Moff Tarkin that is correct yes uh, yeah alright I need you to give me an easy one okay so tie this up um, don't give him an easy one <laughs> come on now be fair Make it be impartial exactly impartial so he's not going to give you an um, easy one no shut up you're right oh. um I know that that's my thinking voice. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, what human Star Wars character from the, uh, took three actors to portray in A New Hope? 
but only one actor to portray in Return of the Jedi. Weird. Um, three actors to portray in A New Hope, but one in Return of the Jedi. Um, interesting question. My first thought is Vader, but if you count the voice that's betraying Vader twice in Return of the Jedi, but I don't think that that was actually three actors for Vader in the first one, so let's scratch that. Um, human, human, like human. Um, weird, it's a human. Oh, it's not even... Three different actors. And they're in Return of the Jedi. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. What? Do you know the answer, Mark? Do you? Not. Do you know the answer? I'm curious if you know the answer. I think I know the answer. You think you know the answer. I think I know the answer. Um... Dead air, dead air. All the humans. All the humans. Uh, I'll just say Vader, but I think it's wrong. It is Wedge Antilles. In A New Hope, Wedge is played by Colin Higgins, who was fired after the briefing scene and replaced with Dennis Lawson for the Death Star run. Um, but both of them had a third actor um, who is um, uh, who dubbed for them both. And then... Uh, uh, David Ankrum was um, was the the voice of, yeah voice of David Ankrum. So when the guy is sitting next to Luke and he's like, "That's impossible," even for a computer. Yeah, that's was, that's, was, that's that's Wedge supposed to be Wedge. Yeah, that's. I want to say that was a hard question. That was a hard. Was and a I feel question. I'm, I'll, I'm I'll, sorry. I accept it. It's I'm fine. Sorry. It's fine. I accept it. But I'm going to complain about it now. Okay, <laughs> Gabe, I love you. Uh, if it was not just a human. Any other guesses? For, I guess from either of you, not, not for any points, but if it could have been an alien species, um, or an alien character, the other possibility would be like Boba Fett because he didn't show up in the ex, you know in the extended editions. It is then. Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, yeah, because he wasn't actually human first. Yeah, no. and then they CGI. Um, All right, so now Dennis Lawson, the uncle of Ewan McGregor. The Wedge Antilles. Really? Wedge Antilles huh. is Obi-Wan Kenobi's uncle. All right, so now Mark has... Here's, here's the thing that pisses me off. Okay. <laughs> All right. He is still in fantastic shape and has no reason to not be appearing in the current films. Why is Wedge Antilles not an admiral in the Resistance? Yeah. Because he, apparently he's still acting over in England. He's actually oh, British. Yeah. Like... Uh, he and he's like this really good-looking, distinguished dude. Put this like nice mustache on him. He looks like this like fierce admiral. It'd be fantastic, but apparently he just doesn't want to come back. And I'm like, that's you're being selfish. You're being selfish, Dennis Lawson. <laughs> All right. So Mark now has thirty six. Yes, I have thirty five. Back on top again. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? I don't, I don't even care, guys. Okay. I'm sorry, this is Gabe. All, this is all he talks about. God. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's move on to Snoke Theory. All right, Gabe, what is your Snoke Theory? Who okay. is Snoke? 
the past eight episodes, I was a fucking moron. Okay? Okay? I got it this time. All right? I know who Snoke is. I figured it out. Okay. It is, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name right, Malakili. Malakili, yeah. He is the Rancor Tamer at Jabba's Palace. Mm-hmm. Luke killed the Rancor, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy was really upset. He was yeah. crying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so here's what happens. Uh, he's on Jabba's sail barge yeah. with everyone. And he just wants vengeance against Luke. Luke mm-hmm. killed his pet. Yeah. Right? Um, the, the barge explodes. Fire everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So he gets super burned up and damaged. That's why mm-hmm. Snoke is all burned and, and burned and scarred. And so then he goes and he's in his vengeance against Luke. He's training himself to take him out. All because he killed his Rancor. I think right. it makes perfect sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. 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 I think that's one's airtight. Yeah. yeah. I don't see how it could not be him. If it's not him, mm-hmm. I will... What, what would be something terrible for me to do? Um, I will say porgs or not. No, no. <laughs> I, I want you to take and um, get a Star Wars Lego set. Okay. I want you to spread all the pieces out on the ground. All right. I want you to take your shirt off and lay your body... Chest against the, yeah. the Lego pieces. Okay. It's actually illegal due to the Geneva Convention. So yeah. So, well, yeah. We're good. You don't do Lego torture. That's, <laughs> that's even beyond. Yeah. All right. That's actually what what Han was being lowered against. <laughs> it was Legos. <laughs> that's why he was blind. They yeah. Lego pieces stuck in his eyes. <laughs> they didn't even ask me any questions. <laughs> they just dipped me in Legos. <laughs> All right. I feel terrible. Uh, well, that's been this final, finally episode nine. Not the final out. episode. No, I mean I said finally. It's yes. episode nine right. is out. Yes. Um, I don't know. We'll try to get more out, though. I don't. We don't know what our schedule is going to be like. Yeah, we'll try to get at least one or two episodes recorded um, before I end up possibly going back to their side of the state come November. We'll see if that's yeah. happening or not. So, we still don't know. So we'll um, do our best. Yeah. And uh, all right, we will see you next time. <laughs> Your father would have wanted you to have this when you were old enough, but your uncle wouldn't allow it. It's your father's podcast, an elegant medium for a more civilized age, before the dark times, before the Snapchat. Now. Uh, yeah, whatever, you're sort of pitchy. Hmm. Didn't like it? Listen, man, I'm not your friend. Hmm. Don't fall asleep. <laughs>